you better have a good culture because if your employees are not behind you, you're not a good leader, you're never going to survive crisis. You're just not going to. You need your team behind you in order to be strong enough to be nimble. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Yuval Selleck. Yuval is the uh, CEO and co-founder of Promomash, uh, based in Los Angeles, California. Yuval, welcome to the show. Thank you, Don. Yuval, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what Promomash is, what you guys do, what your company looks like, and what, you, what markets you serve? Absolutely. So we serve the CPG industry, consumer packaged goods. Uh, we're a comprehensive SaaS software as a service uh, platform for emerging brands. Uh, basically, what we do is we help them navigate uh, their sales and marketing activities post getting on the shelf. So before, so, so before someone puts a product on the shelf, they engage with you guys. What, what would be an example? Not before, of a, after. Oh, after. Okay. So what's an example of a product and or a company that you've helped in this way? Let's look at Dr. Bronner's soap. They're well-known. Most people know them. Uh, they're a client of ours. They've already been established. Okay. But think about what we've done for them. Prior to them coming on board, they were managing their interactions with their retailers and ultimately the shoppers of those retailers, um, managing all those interactions on spreadsheets and email, okay? which is not the most effective way of managing a program. But if you look back a little bit, we were helping them once they're on the shelf, which means that they have to get a product on the shelf in order to sell off the shelf, which is what the desired outcome is, right? right. And once they sell off the shelf, the, order, the, the only way to sell off, off the shelf is through marketing efforts, right? In a sense. Right. Just like any company, you got to market so to build awareness of your product. Now, their product was already pretty popular, so they didn't need to build so much awareness, but what they needed to do is stay top of mind. And so if you're looking at emerging brands, those that start, Initially, when a brand first starts, okay, they need a system to manage their operations. So they need a system to manage their order, uh, orders and warehouse inventory, things of that nature, accounting. Okay? That is one platform that they use. Now, they can use spreadsheets for that, but as they start growing, they can't anymore. Right? So that's their first main platform, kind of mission-critical platform that they use. The next platform is getting on the shelf, which means they need a CRM of some sort. They need their salespeople to manage their funnel, right, in order to get on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Now, once they get on the shelf, again, they're not going to use a CRM. They're not going to use spreadsheets to get on the shelf. They're going to use a CRM system because it's much more effective, right, much more efficient. Now, the third part is selling off the shelf. Retailers don't have as much shelf space as Amazon. They have limited shelf space. And what happens, they always have new brands coming over to them and saying, we'd like a place on your shelf. Mm -hmm. They don't have the space. So what do they do? They have to discontinue those that are not selling well in order to give, to make room for those that are. And if you're not doing anything and if you're not managing your trade interactions well enough and marketing well enough, 
you're not going to sell as well as some of your competitors. And guess what? You're going to be discontinued. And so we help brands avoid that dreaded word, the disco word. I because see. what we do is we help them navigate a really complex sales and marketing program and interaction with the retailers in order to promote to the end shop. I see. And so, so that's how we do it. Yeah, so I see. So you're really taking the, the entire supply chain for that brand and really helping him manage that whole thing. And, so, and their competitor who's not doing that well, something will drop off, they'll be discontinued off the shelf, they'll be forgotten about, but you are helping your customers so they're not falling in that category. Correct, you, you, to, to make it really understandable for every business, we'll go to a CRM, okay, example. Can you manage your growth in sales without a CRM? You can, you can mm -hmm. use a spreadsheet and email. I mean, you can, if you want to, you can. Right. And your competitor is using, let's say, a Salesforce CRM. Right. Okay. What do you think is going to happen? Your competitor is going to have an advantage because they're going to know what their pipeline looks like, when they need to follow up. They're not going to have anything missed you know, in, the, in, in, in the process. Okay? While you are still trying to figure it out with Excel and email and your things are falling through the cracks. Things and, to fall through the cracks. You, exactly. That's and it's not efficient, which means you've got to hire your salespeople who are spending more time managing spreadsheets where your competitor who's using Salesforce CRM is actually doing way better, right. more so it's efficient more, and it, selling more than, than it's more efficient and things don't fall through the cracks. That's a great Correct. example. That's a great example you've all about what you guys do for brands is what a salesman may do with a, with a sales relationship. Correct. Company. What we do, we just manage their interact or help them manage their interaction with promotions that are person to person promotions which could be merchandising, which we go, a, a rep goes to a store, takes photos of the shelf, looks at pricing, makes sure it looks good for the shopper, or in-store demos, which is another tactic for merchandising, or sorry, for selling. And then you have your trade spend, which is a non-person-to-person -person interaction, where you work through uh, temporary price reductions, those yellow stickers on the shelf, deduction management, where, uh, credits or, or uh, when you actually uh, create promotions, let's say you have a, a $100 promotion um, and $25 comes back that is not, uh, that is used for that promotion because you have a 25% sale, that's a deduction. And that comes from the distributors and the, and the retailers. So what happens there, you need to manage it. And it's really, really difficult. I bet it so, is. So yeah, and it's very time consuming and people are doing it in Excel. So a lot of deductions up to 6%, of what their promotion spend is. And promotional spend is 15 to 25 or more percent of their gross sales. It's wow. huge. Yeah. And if you're not managing that effectively and you're letting things fall through the cracks like deductions that are not authorized or, or, or not valid deductions are going through or your, your demos are not being effectively managed or run, that's where you really become inefficient and that's when your competitors can beat you any day if they're using a platform I'll bet. and they're using something more efficient. So Yvonne, tell us how you got into this business. I mean, what was your journey, journey that brought you to where you are today? And when did you start ProMash? And then before that, how did you get to a place to even start this, uh, this company? So my background is finance and banking. Um, that's how I started. But my wife and I uh, launched a skincare line, uh, the name Luvala, L apostrophe U-V-A-L-L-A. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a French luxury organic skincare line. And when we launched it back in 2005, we were really, really novel. We were the first ones pretty much to launch argan oil in the U.S. in skincare. Okay. Uh, it went into retail around 2007. We started the company in 2005. And it was a real hit. We were doing really well. It was my first time being a CEO. And we were really excited. We put, we raised money. We, not enough, but we raised money. And because the product was so great, we actually got into eight or nine regions of Whole Foods right away. Wow. Uh, we got into national distribution right away. So our first year was phenomenal. And this is 2007, and we so, right? This was 2007. Guess what happened? Guess what happened in next year? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and here we are again in yes. 2020. Deja vu. But deja vu. So, but you know, the, it's, it's a blessing in disguise because what I've learned back in 2008, 9, and 10, I'm literally utilizing now in 2020 to make sure that we're successful with this new venture that so, was birthed from the original. So tell us company. more about that. So what did you learn in 2007, 8 with the skincare product and getting into Whole Foods and, and having a wonderful launch? Things are looking fantastic. All of a sudden, boom, what happened? And then what did you do about it? Well, the problem was that, and why Promesh was born, was that I was managing my trade spend, which was the largest spend outside of my cost of goods, using spreadsheets and smoke signals and horse and buggy, right? That's how I was managing it. And so when the economy crashed and people were not buying in the same way that they were buying prior to 2008, I had no control and understanding of my promotions and my marketing budget. And because of that, what I had to do is I had to make decisions blindly. And I just started cutting because what, what do people do as a first time CEO where there's a, there's a, um, a crisis underhand, they operate through fear. So one first piece of advice, don't operate with fear. Right? That's which, the first piece. Which is what a lot, of, a lot of business owners are doing today or have been doing this past month with COVID-19. Absolutely. It's a very, very scary time for people. And you had faced totally that scary time. You were cutting like crazy. And now in hindsight, now with a bit more maturity and, and looking back on it. So how do you deal with something like today without being in a place from fear? Well, just one more thing about the past that will lead to respond to your answer. If I, if I had the knowledge to know where to promote, how much to promote and where, we wouldn't have been discontinued from every single region of retail. Mm. Because then what we would have had is the ability to take a finite budget or, or dollar amount and divert it and actually focus it on what works and what doesn't and, and take it away from what doesn't work. But we didn't. So what we had to do was continue spending or just cut and we cut. And by cutting, guess what happens? Other brands are going into the retail store and saying, hey, I want to be on your shelf. And because your sales are not there, because you're not promoting anymore, right? That's the problem. So that's how ProMash was born because we knew that we failed because we didn't have insight. We didn't have accountability. We didn't know what was going on because we weren't managing it well. 
Fascinating. So what you what you're telling me is that you you were who your customer is today. You were that brand Correct. on the shelf. You realize that there's a flaw in the foundation of our store right here. And so you said, look, I'm not going to be in the brand business anymore. I'm going to build a foundation business and build a foundation for lots of brands so they don't fall into the same problem you had, which was you were cutting muscle with fat. Let's only cut the fat and not the muscle right. going forward. The, the, right now, what brands are doing, and actually I would say most businesses are doing, is they're operating based on fear. And I'm not saying that fear shouldn't be, it, fear is not a bad thing if you use it correctly. If you're using fear to just watch out and make better decisions, that's one thing. But if you're closing up and you're using fear to make decisions based upon that emotion, that's a problem. So right now, brands and businesses, guess what goes first? Marketing, right? They're, they're, gonna, they're gonna say, oh wow, I don't know what the future looks like, so I'm fearful. And because I don't know what the, what the future looks like, I need to cut, so where do I cut? And what they're doing is just blanketly cutting as much as they can without really understanding that if you cut your marketing expense or your, your promotional expense or any expense that facilitates sales, because marketing facilitates sales, you cut it right now what's going to happen when things get back to normal right you don't have it anymore your competitors might not cut it right and your competitors might actually double down and if your competitors are doubling down on their marketing efforts while you're cutting back or or stopping marketing altogether what's going to happen when people start buying again which they right. will they're going to win they're going to win and that's the one thing that i you know i see over and over again and i see it with our clients our clients are cutting their marketing budget, okay? Bad move. Don't cut your market, figure out a way. Be nimble, right? Don't let go of the brand ambassadors that you worked with and trained for five or 10 years and not do something to keep them because when things go back to normal, they might not be there to, to get back and then you're gonna have to start all over again. It's very expensive. But Promomash creates the platform for, uh, for owners of brands to make those intelligent decisions so that they have information to make the right cut or not to make the right cut. Is that correct? Correct. It's, it's a tool for insight and accountability. Okay. For, for those who want to promote better. Right. So our motto as a company is we help people promote better and we create pro a product, a walk, we walk in your shoes type of product. Right. We've been there. Our expertise as a company is immense. We have so much expertise in this industry. And what we do is we don't just sell a software solution, right? This is not bits and bytes. This is not electrons. What we sell and what our value is, is that we're a partner. We're kind of that Sherpa that helps you navigate uh, Mount Everest, right? right? Without the Sherpa, you're kind of lost and you're going you're gonna to die pretty much. Right. So you need a guide and you need a partner. And that's who we are. We have the best support and best service to help the customers and our clients, right, succeed. Right. And we do it with a platform that gives them a bird's eye view, a top view, and a granular view of their entire promotional spend. That's great. Which is huge. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit now, Yuval, about the, the today's current environment. I mean, here we are in April of 2020. We've had this uh, whole business disruption, the healthcare disruption going on, certainly the retail disruption going on, which has to affect your clients tremendously. How did you deal with that? 
disruption for your clients and for your business in particular? So our, our clients are brands. And as you can imagine, initially, brands are doing really well. They're just not promoting the same. Because, and it's not even because they don't want to, is that the government is telling them they can't promote. The retailers are telling them they can't promote. Mm -hmm. So as an example, <clears throat> no in-store demos and no merchandising for the, for the most part because social distancing. Right. So that just stopped for everybody. And then promotions, the price reductions, that also stopped because no one's doing promotions right now. Everything's selling off the, off the shelf and they're, they're overwhelmed with just restocking the shelves. Right. That's temporary. So they're actually doing pretty well, but they need to continue to manage that aspect of things. Um, but that's it, the decisions that they make today are going to affect them in two to three months, but they're doing okay now. Mm -hmm. The people that are hurting, the community is hurting. The brand ambassadors, mm -hmm. the merchandisers, the agencies that actually manage brand ambassadors on behalf mm -hmm. of the brands, mm -hmm. companies like ours who supply uh, the software to promote, mm -hmm. right? Those are the victims, but we have to make the right decisions to get out of this, not only alive, but to thrive. And the only way you're going to do that is being nimble, operating out of faith and opportunity, not lack, and having a vision and innovating on your product. So in a sense, we were in store and actually person to person out on the field. When this thing, whole ha when this thing happened, we went to a new model and introduced a new service, which is social media activations. So we're utilizing the same brand ambassadors that are normally going into the store. And instead of just firing them and letting them go, what the brands are doing is they're utilizing them for their social network to promote their product online. Right. Because the point is, if you if you make the if you just let go of the brand ambassadors or the merchandisers or the retailers or whatever it might be, you might not get them back in the same way. Plus, they'll be way more loyal to you if you take care of them. It goes back to culture. But if you take care of them, they'll be way more loyal to you at the end when they, when we're out of this, this mess. And we will be out of this mess. There's no question about it. Right. So the the lesson you've learned then, or what you're what you're really practicing right now during this period, is that look, the old model didn't work. We can't be in stores. We can't go in there and do this kind of thing. What can we do? We can go online. Let's use those people with the experts that that the brand ambassadors who they are, bring them into a platform that's being used today that is safe, that is fine, and then look to the future with where you're going to be and where where your customers are going to be, and then be there for your customers in the next two to three months. Yep. I, another piece of that's. Perfectly said. I, I think another piece of advice that I would give is always look at your business model and try to figure out, is there anything else that I can do and innovate on in order to be ready and not have all your eggs in one basket? Yep. Because if you have all your eggs in one basket and something happens, you're kind of screwed. So we were, I don't want to say smart enough. We were lucky enough or whatever you want to call it. About a year and a half ago, we branched out. And initially when we launched, we launched a niche product for in-store demos and merchandising and events, person to person. But about a year and a half ago, we actually launched a complementary platform that manages the non-person interactions. Mm. So, so the, the, the trade, which is the price reductions, the coupons, the deduction management, 
of the advertising within stores, the flyers, et cetera. That's what we created. And, and now, instead of really depending only on the one, uh, one part of our business model or, or platform that is not really doing much right now because everything's on hold for the next few months, now we're benefiting from the trade platform because the point is we created something by being innovative, by being nimble, that doesn't exist in the market. You have all these different platforms and products that are separate, but a unified approach to, tr to handling trade management with retailers doesn't exist. So that's, 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 that's where we're, we're okay now because we have another part of the business that's helping support the downfall of the current situation. That's great. So Yuval, what I hear you saying is that the, the, the advice you'd pass along to other business owners and entrepreneurs listening, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have yeah. diversification so that if the unknown happens, which it happened, who could have guessed this to happen? You're, yeah. you're balanced enough and, and you've got some place to go to move to. That's, that's great. Before yeah. we wrap up, is there any one piece of advice that you'd like to pass along to uh, business owners that we haven't touched on yet? I think, I think if, I, if I look at, at a business and running a business, what I've learned over the last <clears throat> 20 years, starts with culture. You better have a good culture because if your employees are not behind you, you're not a good leader, you're never going to survive crisis. You're just not going to. You need your team behind you in order to be strong enough to be nimble, right? To be, to react and to, 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 to thrive in a, in a condition that, that's very difficult. And so we've done that really well. We have an amazing culture and our team is fully behind us. The innovation, as I said, being nimble, resource management, being able to allocate resources accordingly. Don't just cut, allocate accordingly. That's the thing. Whether it's your, your marketing, your sales, your development, your R&D, whatever it might be in your business, don't just cut blindly. Focus on what works and then build upon that later. Okay, and then cost and revenue, like anything else, your balance sheet and your PL. You got to operate there. <clears throat> so that's the advice: is you got to look at the business from the top down and don't make reactive decisions. But culture is number one. You got to get your team behind you, because if the team is not behind you, you're done. That's Can't great advice. Yourself. That's great advice, and I've had I have heard that from several entrepreneurs, business owners, that without their people, they're nothing really, and so. That's, that's correct, especially in today's environment. Well, Yval, this has been great. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Um, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. Okay. So just Yuval, Y-U-V-A-L-S-E-L-I-K. Uh, you can email me at Yuval, Y-U-V-A-L, at promomash.com. Um, go through our website. Call Don. I don't know. <laughs> All the above. All the above. <laughs> All right, Yuval, great. Thanks very much. You've been a wonderful guest on the show. And I uh, look forward to uh, following up with you and, and, and your su future successes. Don, thank you for the opportunity and uh, great interview. Thank you. Thank you. It. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at burge.com. Thanks for listening.